0: This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. News that President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump have tested positive for COVID-19 is expected to upend a swing through Southern California that had been planned for next week. The president was scheduled to fundraise in both L.A. and Orange County. Their diagnoses have been confirmed this morning by White House doctors. For more on how this will impact the presidential race, we're joined on the phone by Jessica Levinson, professor at Loyola Law School. Good morning. Good morning. We're about a month from Election Day. Just how dramatic an effect
3: could this have on the race? Well, my initial thoughts are, to use an overuse term, this is a potential political earthquake and it's not good for President Trump, which is why it is probably true. Now, I would also say we're not actually before the election. We're in the election. About two million people have already cast early ballots. So people are voting right now. Now, what does it mean? I think, frankly, it makes President Trump's approach to the coronavirus look reckless. The fact that he got it, that people are rationally very worried about what's going to happen, it doesn't make the federal response look like a wise response. It reminds people that over 200,000 Americans have died since the pandemic began.
0: Is there a possibility that this draws supporters to President Trump in the sense that, you know, it's an opportunity for people
3: to rally around him? I don't think so. I think that President Trump's campaign has really been about playing to his base. And I think his base will be, like everyone should be whenever someone gets sick, very, very concerned. But I don't think it will bring independence in. I don't think people will say, oh, he got that virus that he's been downplaying for months now. You know what? I think I'll take another look at his candidacy. So I don't think he's going to get a sympathy vote. I do think it will absolutely rally the base, which is the only group he's really been playing to this whole campaign anyway.
0: Hmm. What does this mean for California? Our state has never been in play in this presidential race. Uh, What are your thoughts there?
3: Well, I think, if anything, it brings into stark relief the difference between the response on the federal level to the coronavirus telling us it's a hoax or it's going to magically go away or you don't need to wear a mask or you don't need to shut down And compare that to California, first state to say we are going to shut down uh, at the forefront of you do need to wear a mask. Really trying to use tough restrictions, listening to experts saying we have to do this for public safety and health. And it, again, reminds everybody of that difference between California in so many ways, the capital of the Trump resistance and the federal government.
0: Professor Jessica Levinson of Loyola Law School, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, Republicans haven't exactly been a dominant force in California politics in recent years. For a while there, they didn't even take second place among voters. But new voter registration numbers show that's changed, as KQED politics reporter Guy Marzorati explains. For the first time in over two years, more California voters are registered as Republican than no-party preference, or sometimes called independent voters. The GOP's recent gains have done little to chip away at the huge registration advantage still held by California Democrats, now a 22 percentage point gap. The report from the Secretary of State's office finds that nearly 85% of eligible Californians are registered to vote. It's the highest registration percentage heading into a general election since the early 50s. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzorati. As wildfires continue to ravage the state, Governor Gavin Newsom says he plans to dedicate more state resources to wildfire prevention in next year's budget. Newsom made the announcement while touring damaged areas of Santa Rosa, where the glass fire has been burning. The governor says the state has already spent a historic amount of money on battling wildfires and says he plans to spend even more.
1: I'm working on next year's budget already. We'll release it in January, but I can assure folks that will put even more resources in this space on suppression.
0: Newsom recently signed several wildfire-related bills, including ones that would boost homeowners' insurance protections and fire safety zones for buildings in wildfire-prone
3: areas. Support for the California Report comes from Water Heaters Only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day, every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. And the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Well, Hotel
0: and other hospitality workers are disappointed with the governor, who vetoed a bill this week that would have provided extensive new labor protections to laid-off employees during the COVID-19 pandemic. Newsom said the bill was too prescriptive as he turned down the proposed measure, AB 3216. KCRW's Tara Atrion has their reaction.
3: The bill called on employers in the hospitality, airport and janitorial industries to first rehire workers that they laid off during a state of emergency, like the COVID-19 pandemic. This bill would have simply allowed workers in the hospitality industry to return to their jobs when the industry reopened. So this, this is a devastating veto for us. That's Ada Briseño, co-president of Unite Here Local 11, one of the unions that pushed for the protections known as Right of Recall. She says people of color, immigrants and women workers are now in limbo. And for many of them, the state's temporary eviction protections and pandemic unemployment assistance extensions may not be enough. They're uh, unsure whether or not they're going to be able to feed their families. And when the rest of California starts going back to normality in some way, they have no reassurance. With little over a month to go, Briseño says the union's next move is to focus on the presidential election. They are now heading over to Arizona to join other hotel workers and going door to door to campaign for Joe Biden. For The California Report, I'm Tara Atrion in Los Angeles.
1: Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years?
0: California voters are being asked whether the state should end cash bail as a way for people accused of crimes to secure their release before a trial. It's a system that most on the left agree is racist and unfair. So why are some progressive civil rights groups siding with the bail industry and law enforcement to keep bail in place? KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos reports.
2: It's not often that you see progressive groups on the same side of an issue as bail agents, prosecutors, and police. But John Raifling of Human Rights Watch in L.A. joins the bail industry in saying Proposition 25 would do more harm than good. That's not to say he's a big fan of the bail industry. The
3: bail bond industry is a parasite. They're, they're bloodsuckers, but the blood wouldn't be available to them if it wasn't for judges and law enforcement.
2: Raifling believes that the system voters are being asked to replace bail with isn't fair either. He says it gives those judges way too much power to decide who leaves and who stays in jail before a trial. He's concerned that the risk assessment tools judges will be using to gauge whether someone is a public safety risk could be biased themselves. And he's unhappy that probation departments will be in charge of overseeing people who are released before their trial.
3: I can't predict what will happen but I can say that the the system they've set up is going to allow for expanded incarceration and expanded pretrial supervision, including electronic monitoring, all of which is going to lead to more incarceration.
2: Proposition 25's backers say that's just not true. John Bowders is the budget advocacy director for the criminal justice reform group Californians for Safety and Justice. It is going to reduce the number of people held in County jail, pre-trial, awaiting trial. Bowders points to a study by the Public Policy Institute of California, which found that if Prop 25 passes, more people would be released from jail sooner. The debate kicked off two years ago when lawmakers passed a bill making it illegal for courts to keep someone in jail if they can't afford bail. They replaced it with a system that generally requires people arrested for misdemeanors to be automatically let go before trial, and for those accused of violent felonies to be kept in jail. Those accused of lower-level felonies would go before a judge who could keep them in jail or put conditions on their release, say drug treatment or a weekly probation check-in. Santa Barbara Probation Chief Tanya Heitman, whose county has been experimenting with alternatives to money bail, says the changes make sense.
3: We know that money bail doesn't make us safe, but allowing people to stay connected to their families, to continue working, that's what's going to Um, enable them to be successful and improve our, our community overall.
2: The 2018 law never went into effect because the bail industry gathered enough signatures to put the question before voters. It's a referendum on the legislation, meaning a yes vote on Prop 25 would let the bail reform law take effect. And a no vote would overturn the law and prohibit the legislature from taking up the question again. The bail industry is funding the opposition, but they're being helped by some groups on the left who say Prop 25 will simply hand too much power to judges, judges who have biases of their own. Incha Raman is a former public defender who's now vice president of advocacy and initiatives at the Vera Institute of Justice in New York. She argues there's no reason to think that judges would behave differently because Prop 25 still gives them the power to hold people in jail. When it comes to public safety across the board, We tend to just use our discretion to detain. That's what the system has historically done. Supporters say Prop 25 may not be perfect, but is still a huge step in the right direction. And one California can only improve on if it's passed. For The California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos. And that's the California Report for this Friday, October 2nd, a production
0: of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer and Katie McMurrin. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin, Alice Wolfley, and Holly J. McDeed. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Vinnie Tong is our director of news. Our executive editor is Ethan Lindsay, and our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. If you want more news from around the state, check out our daily podcast. It includes stories from both of our shows. I'm Lily Jamali, and a happy big birthday to my big brother, Amir, who would tell you to wear a mask today and every day. He's a doctor. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend.